Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scouts. Sonaldo I'm joined with today and Andy you have the honour because you are the final guest of the Team Reveal uh, series of pre-season. It's back to normal content from next week, burning questions and all of that kind of stuff. How are you feeling? How's your, how's your job? You've been off all summer, you've been taking it nice and easy. It's good to have you back. Yeah, no pressure there on being <laughs> the last, last video. Also the first video for me uh, coming back, so... I'll probably, uh, you know, stutter with my words a little bit, um, but the break has been fantastic. It's been good to sort of get my mind off uh, FPL and football. But since last week, I've just been back in the zone and super, super pumped for for the start of the season, as well as uh, our burning questions next week. Yeah, and how's it how's it been watching uh, your co-host Praz with uh, with his summer fling with Andy North? Yeah, yeah, he's been uh, he's been uh, you know we've been talking about. Uh, uh, break up here and uh andy <laughs> uh, obviously a good friend of mine as well but um no th that's been great i've been listening here and there and uh i'm sure we'll have uh andy on as a as a guest on bq as well and hopefully we'll be on uh scoutcast as well so yeah yeah i think andy's been very impressed with with praz and those videos i mean the the prep he does and all the kind of knowledge he's got is is really impressive and you know you two obviously are a great combination on, on burning questions and looking forward to seeing that uh next season um so how uh you've been, you've been back for a week then you've been tinkering a little bit how kind of set are you in with, with your team do you did you look at the template have you been looking at any kind of fpl stuff have you been looking at twitter or or other videos or anything or have you just made this draft completely off the off your own back i think i've definitely uh been influenced a little bit by twitter um and also uh, you know videos with pros and andy and uh you know here and there a team reveal on uh, ff scout channel as well some lovely guests um so uh, as well as you uh as so i've been listening to black box uh you know here and there as well so i feel like uh i'm you know sort of set on where i need to be where i want to go um but there's still a week left and some very important final preseason games that's going to definitely influence a lot of these 50 50 decisions that mm. uh you know i'm kind of struggling with right now where did you finish? You came about 20, was it 20K last season? Um, 14K, 14, 14K, point something 14, K. Sorry, 14K. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, um, you know, very, very close to a top 10K with uh, one week to go. I think I was like 10K, 11K. Um, so I ended up uh, with a, you know, not so great final game week. But actually, after the, the final game week, I felt a sigh of relief because I was so pressured into getting into the top 10k uh, previously and and pressure on myself nobody else right and and so um for me to miss out i actually thought it was a good thing because i realized oh it's just a game in the end um and it's not going to make or break me so yeah 
it didn't it didn't break it finishing 14k didn't didn't break it that's uh, <laughs> nice though i mean it's, it's interesting because um i mean obviously i i do black box with, with mark and there's the scout cast guys and all the pods and stuff and the kind of rivalry that you develop with the kind of person you're you're doing with it's, it's often a friendly rivalry i mean i would say mark probably wants me to do quite well and I guess I'd reluctantly say that I want Mark to do well each season as well. Um, you're obviously doing it with with Praz. Now you kind of started what, about halfway through last season. Do you feel that kind of rivalry with him? Do you want to kind of beat him next season? Is there any kind of feeling that you want to kind of, you know, finish finish a bit higher than, than Praz? I mean, he's a very good manager, right? So you'll have to you'll have to have a blinding season, I think, to to beat him. But it's definitely doable. Um, you know, honestly, as not at all. I I I actually don't have any rivalries with any of uh you know the content creators as well as the fpl community um if anything it's more like my mini league close friends from college mm-hmm. um i'm also relatively new to the game actually um and so for me it's just uh proving to myself that uh you know it's not the rank is just a number but sort of um you know i'm making the right decisions and how far i can finish i actually enjoyed um you know, competing against myself last season uh, mostly, but I think I'm I'm sure as I play more and more, um, my goals will change, and I'm sure there there's going to be rivalries that form. But uh, with process, just uh, it's just good fun to uh, you know poke fun at him. But no, nothing like you and uh, you and Mark there. <laughs> this this is why you're you're consistently rated as one of the nicest guys in the in the community because <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people thinking yeah, I, I don't feel this. I mean, I definitely. I definitely feel the rivalry between between Mark and I, um, and obviously yeah, he's we love got, it. He, he's got the kind of like elite manager tag as well, so it doesn't feel it does feel a bit like you're kind of testing yourself when you when you kind of go up against someone like that. And obviously had a good season last year, but last, the year before that was he absolutely destroyed me, so it wasn't it wasn't so fun. Um, right, let's take a look at your team then. Just before we do that, if you are enjoying these videos, um, if you've enjoyed the preseason content so far. And with Andy and Praz, with Ted, Harry's come on. Uh, we've got all the great guests on the team reveals. Do give us um, a like on this video. Do subscribe uh, to the channel um, as well. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've got loads of stuff, great stuff planned over, over the season. Back to regular content next week. Check out the YouTube schedule um, on, on Scout. Basically, it's TED Talks on the Monday. Captaincy and Scoutcast on the Tuesday. Burning Questions and Jenny's Team Reveal on the Wednesday. Uh, Harry will be doing the stuff on the Thursday. Um, Friday, we have the Q&A and the Team News. And we've got some weekend stuff planned as well. David Monday is coming back to do a Sunday evening stream as well. And there's some talks about a Saturday uh, night stream as well. So yeah, loads and loads of great stuff. So make sure you are subscribed uh, to the channel and that uh, you like all the videos because it helps us move up the rankings it helps bring in more ad revenue it helps us bring in more pro pundits do more videos all that kind of stuff so it, it does all kind of really really help um all right let's take a look at your team then mr sonaldo so you have ramsdale in goal it's trent james cancelo and perisic big at the back another big at the back uh, it's martinelli salah luis diaz and netto oh wait no it's not netto it's pedence <laughs> what's he doing in there we'll talk about that uh, and then it's kane and gabriel jesus um up front i mean the first question the notable omission from oh god <laughs> where the hell is Hyung min son yeah um i went you know when you asked me to come on the team reveal video i had a uh, moment where I thought maybe I should just put a Sun premium, uh, you know, uh, team up there or or a Sun and you know Salah Sun and Holland 
uh, yeah, David, David, David's went really well the other day. People, people love, <laughs> love that draft. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that one of the things that I learned uh, in the season last year is that you need to be as uh, subjective, objective as possible. Try to eliminate all biases and really think, you know, change how you view football as a fan and how you want to play FPL. If you want to have fun, if you want to go for it, you know, pick the players you want um, and pick the players you think are, are going to do the best in FPL. That's a you know totally viable strategy. Obviously, I want the most points. Obviously, I want to pick my favorite players. But at the same time, it is a game against other managers. And it's also a strategic game where you have to see it as a long marathon and not just a uh, you know short sprint. Granted, the season's a little bit different, um, but to put Sun in there, at 12 million, which also I'm very, you know, as a, as a Korean fan, I'm very proud of uh, a Korean player being that highly um, expensive. It's just <laughs> super difficult to, to uh, find a way to, to get him in there without the sacrifices you make, because essentially it's son and X player versus X player and X player and the combinations, or it could be like son XX versus, you know, three other players, the combinations add up to the non-son players being more uh, beneficial, I think, uh, for now. So I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to, um, you know, start off hot. He's going, you know, I'm very excited about Spurs this season, but uh, in the overall grand scheme of my team, it's just very difficult to fit him in. So you've got Kane in there and, and you, you did send me a draft mm-hmm. originally with, with Haaland in. So you're clearly sort of flip-flopping between those two. Yep. I imagine like a lot of us, the Community Shield is going to be key. Pep's press conference at the end of next week is going to be key to know what we start of it. Are you not tempted to go with Son over Kane though? And and because you could you could have the two premiums that way. I mean it it means that you can't move for Haaland easier, but that tells me that you're prioritizing prioritizing Haaland or the, at least the idea of Haaland over Son, for example. Yeah. So uh, great question. I, I'm fifty fifty on Haaland and Son uh, and Kane. Sorry. Um, there's multiple reasons why I'm going Kane over um, Son. First of all. Um, He's 0.5 cheaper, and that doesn't seem like a lot of money right now, but that's a huge amount of money, right? 0.5 um, can be the difference between a uh, you know a wing back that you want versus a so and so wing back. Um, you see the point here. Uh, number two is I want price points in the uh, striker position at the premium because just in case someone like Kane goes off or someone like Holland goes off, uh, you want to be able to switch between the two. Um, in the preseason. The recent preseason game, um, Spurs, I think he played Rangers. Um, I was able to catch a good chunk of the game, and I noticed something very interesting. Last season, you saw Kane drop deeper, right? And, um, you know, he's obviously the past master, found Son on the runs, and uh, this is a pattern of play you'll see a lot this season. In this preseason game, I saw Son drop deeper more than Kane. Um, I, I might be wrong here, but... I noticed that Sun would drop quite deep to receive the ball and um, kind of carry the ball up or, or find passing lanes. So uh, I'm very interested to see what Perisic does uh, to this to this team. I'm very interested to see what Richarlison does. But uh, essentially, the 0.5 is is a big difference and, and is going to go a long way. But I do have plans to bring Sun in eventually. It is interesting because, I mean, Sun was such an elite player last season, you know, particularly when when um, Conte took over. But there is Richarlison there who who likes to play 
on the left. I mean, he's re- realistically, Richarlison isn't going to be putting any pressure on, on Kane or Son in terms of starts, but does put pressure on Son, I think, in terms of minutes to give him that kind of early rest that we did see yeah. a lot a lot last season. Perisic coming in is, is interesting and, and we can talk about Perisic because he's, he's in your side. I mean, the worries are with him is his minutes. It's when does he get subbed off? But there's no doubt that he's so many leagues above Sessegnon in terms of quality and ability. And, you know, he's played in, in European games. He's played under Conte before. He's such an attacking, direct wing-back that, that Conte likes. So I don't think there's any doubt that Perisic is his first choice. Is there any worries about the kind of minutes there, though? Neil, for example, is, is, tr- is trying his best to put me off him. But yeah. I'm seeing him creep into a couple of teams now. And he's, he's even crept, crept into my draft that I've got at the moment. Um, again, pre-season minutes are, are a bit of a worry, but I, I do like, if he starts, I really like him. Yeah. So I think w- with Perisic, he is one of the first guys on, on my team. Um, and that's a bold statement. This final preseason game is going to tell me a lot whether I'm, I'm going to you know go for him or not go for him. Let's say he gets a start, plays 60-plus minutes. I think I'll go for him for sure. Um, for me, Perisic is a different class to all the wingbacks yeah. at um, Spurs. When you think of the top three teams, let's say uh, you know Chelsea, Liverpool, and, and Man City, what makes them so great in modern football is their wingbacks. You know, example, Cancelo, Robertson. James, uh, you know, Chilwell last season was so amazing for for a while. And, you know, they're, they're, the modern wingbacks are not really defensive wingbacks anymore, right? They're, they're part of that attack. They're part of the overlapping, underlapping runs. And, you know, Perisic, you have to understand this guy is a creation hero, sort of the Robin to uh, the Batman in Modric, you know, and his crossing is so, so good as Spurs lacked crossing last season uh, i'm royale for example um you know sessignon's not a great crosser uh, spence the new kid is going to be a long project not a great crosser um you know dorothy also is good but not the best crosser persich is the absolute key to a a conte system plus he's so good both feet he crosses so much with his left foot as well um, and then he does those Cancelo like right outside foot crosses that curve into to, into the box, so very deadly there. Um, so you got Son and Persich on the left, who are both great with both feet. I know I'm dragging on here about Persich, but you know you, you'll take on defenders. You'll confuse the defenders. You know um, you can go left, you can go right. That's the the asset of being you know double footed. Um, he's He's 33, yes, but I don't think age is a factor with him. It's just the rest, sure, is, is a factor because you want him fresh for for the important games, Champions League, this and that. But um, his he's always been known for uh, his range and sort of how much activity and how, you know, now as a wingback, how defensively, you know, coverage, how much coverage he has over the field. So he's super active, great at set pieces. I don't mean by like crossing, I mean by heading. He, you know, he's actually good at getting some header goals here and there. So that's another, you know, added asset. And then on top of that, he's got the long range bombs um, in terms of goals, Rudiger like both feet. Um, so he's just the ultimate wing back at 5.5 for a Conte Spurs who we're, we're all very excited about. So I, I want this guy in my team uh, if if I see him play the final preseason game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is um, this is over on, on Fantasy Football Scout. And obviously, you know, we, we both 
Well, I, I work there full time. Um, Sandra does the the stuff for us. If you're watching this video, you probably know who who Fantasy's Football Scout are. Uh, but we've got some amazing stuff um, over there. I can talk a bit about the tools in a bit. But one of the one of the best things we've got at the moment is this pre-season minutes tracker. And if you head to the kind of articles, um, you can kind of see you can kind of see these and. You know, it's a full list of every player playing for a Premier League team and how many minutes they've played in different matches. It's just the easiest to use guide that I've seen out there. And what I'm what I'm looking for here is I'm looking at Perisic because I think Perisic is a bit. He's one of those players who I think doesn't need a lot of minutes to get back to to full fitness. And Conte's spoken about his natural natural kind of fitness, but you still want him to have played some some minutes in in preseason. So just looking down this list, I mean, you've got Ryan Session here, who's his biggest kind of rival Sessegnon has played 45 minutes um, in the first preseason friendly then 45 again in the second and then 60 minutes in the third so if he gets another 60 minutes against Roma that's a lot of minutes a lot of preseason minutes for, for Sessegnon Perisic on the other hand you've got to go right down here um, he didn't play any minutes in the first game none in the second game but he did get 30 minutes against Rangers so it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what you've been saying what happens in that Roma game which is tomorrow because if Perisic starts that game and gets 45 to 60 minutes, you've got to think he's going to start that first match against Southampton. Yeah, for me, for sure. And it's that Southampton home game that entices me. I don't I don't read too much into the Sassanio minutes. I've been tracking every uh, Spurs game so far. And, you know, preseason is one of those times where the young kids, you know, guys who are trying to break into the starting 11 or, or you know, Sassanio is definitely in Conte's mind, but he's just giving him more minutes to, to just to gel. But... You saw in that 20, 30 minute cameo, the golfing class between Perisic mm. and Sessegnon. It's, it's just a different tier of a player. Um, so if Perisic gets the start and gets some minutes uh, in that preseason game, I'm very confident he starts yep. Uh, Southampton. Yep, I, I agree with that as well. Um, excellent. Uh, good. It's good to hear some positive talk about about Perisic because I really want him in my side. I mean, yeah. the you know looking at his kind of XG and his, his shooting is, again, I know obviously it's, it's in Italy and it's comparing to Premier League players, but... If he can, if he can bring in similar numbers from Italy, he's going to be the most attacking fullback in the league. You know, yeah. even over James and, and Chilwell. So, yeah, really excited to see what he can kind of bring. Um, right, let's talk about Pedence then. Um, oh God, what what is he doing there, uh, Andy? Um, um, you've you've gone against the template. You've gone against Neto. Pedence is in. What, what's the thinking? Uh, so we're just uh, skipping to the tough ones. Huh? <laughs> we're um... straight in. Yep. Uh, another 50-50. I think they both have three goals, one assist in preseason. So they're both uh, very viable assets. Um, and, you know, obviously you want the the three three players from each of the best teams. Essentially, uh, preseason, we, we know nothing is kind of the, uh, the theme, right? And so uh, because of that, um, what can you base it on? You base it on fixtures and you base it on um, trying to get the best players from the best teams. Um, but with, with that, there's always 100 million you have to work with and you need enablers, you need these uh, cheaper price points. And at 5.5, with Wolves fixtures being good in the beginning, it just makes sense to have one of these guys in. Um, I don't like reading too much into the the narrative that, uh, you know, Wolves were not attacking last season. There weren't that, you know, uh, they weren't scoring many goals um, because it's just a totally different new season. You have to always try to, uh, you know, get rid of a lot of your biases, it's a blank new season, blank new clean sheet or, or, or temp or what do you call it? Palette, right? And, um, you know, this preseason Wolves have been looking really good. I think the Jimenez news uh, has kind of pushed me towards Potence. I like uh, the fact that Potence is going to probably play the 
uh, the striker role. I, I do think that he's going to play closer to the box. I think Neto might drift a little bit wider. Um, and yes, there's Huang. Huang just returned to uh, preseason, by the way, uh, to training after some butt injury. But I think that I don't see Huang as a direct replacement for Jimenez. I actually think Huang might be more viable on the left because uh, he's more defensively active. So you could possibly see Neto move, uh, you know, a little bit higher and and Huang replace him on the left. While Podens, I do believe, starts uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, looking at the again going back to Fancy Football Scout, looking at the kind of members' tools, we can compare. Um, Pedence and, and Neto and kind of look by averages per appearance and obviously you can do this with, with kind of any players his ability to do three players um, as well and I mean there's not a huge amount in it between them I mean it's it's one of those ones where I, th- I think Neto is a better player than, than Pedence yeah. he's, he's younger as well he's 21 or 22 years old something like that I think Pedence is, is 26 um, but I think there is a hell of a player in, in Neto and obviously he's had the injury and at least he got minutes last season to kind of come back to but it's a small sample size with with Neto. I think he only started five games uh, when he was available. He came off the bench quite a bit. I think he got about eighteen appearances kind of over the season. Pedence played quite quite a bit more. Um, in terms of minutes per point, nothing between them at all. I mean, yeah, Neto's yeah. twenty two minutes per point. Um, Pedence is twenty one point eight. So yeah, not not a huge amount um, at all. Uh, if you look at xG, uh, uh, Neto's expected xG per match is zero point two. Um, Pedence is zero point one. And then that filters into minutes per XGI, which is down the bottom. So basically, how many minutes does it take them to get something that symbolizes either an assist or a goal? Well, Neto's at 1-5-2 is pretty good. That is, you know, it, it's hard to judge because when players are coming off the bench against tied opposition and all this kind of stuff, it can factor in it. But 152 is, is a decent minutes per XGI. But then is, is quite a long way off that, at 258.8. So... I think if you're going to go with with Pedence, I mean, his, his bonus point potential is better. His baseline is better, 7.5 compared to 4.8. So when Pedence does get something, he tends to do well on, on the bonus point. So that is a, a good factor for him. But I think you've got to, you've got to believe that Pedence is, is going to be the more safe and more secure player because the, the underlying stats, to me, paint the picture that, that Neto is a, 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 is, is a better option than Pedence. But he has had the injury. And we don't really know how he's going to factor with, with Jimenez being out. So this could be one of those template-busting moves, Andy, that, you know, people, <laughs> not, 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 I haven't seen anyone with Pedence. I don't, I don't know what his ownership yeah. is. It can't be, can't be very high. Yeah, very low. Um, and just off that, uh, the, the key point you mentioned, as is that Neto, I think, started last, last season, started five games, injured pretty much the entire season. Um, and then, you know, the previous season, he had a spurt where he was uh, on fire for a bit, right? Um, but, you know, Neto, from a brief understanding, is much better with Jimenez than without Jimenez, whereas Podence, uh, there's minimal difference whether he plays with Jimenez or not. Um, so that's another thing. Plus, I think Neto, as good as he's been in preseason and he's getting back in form and rhythm, um, you know, Premier League minutes is a different thing and he he lacks it from last season. So uh, another 50-50 decision, another preseason game to go. So I, I might easily go back to Neto. Yeah. I have to say it's a it's a very very well balanced team you put together. I like the Ramsdale in goal. I think you know I've been I've been talking a lot about preseason about the kind of four point five million goalkeepers and how I always used to I always like to start with those. But the more I think about it, the more I think Ramsdale is just such a solid option with the fixtures, the opening five or six fixtures that, that Arsenal have got. So I really like that defense. Really strong. Four of the most attacking defenders. You've got the eight million midfielder in place. 
You've got Marcelli, a good six million option. You've got Pedence. I mean, the five point five bracket is decent. Yeah, there's there's players that can emerge in there. Visser, Gordon, um, you know, Neto. You can maybe move up to uh, someone like Lingard at six if you wanted to as well. If you downgrade someone else, and then Kane and Jesu. So it's 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 a bit of a boring team. Um, I mean, Pedence and Perisic are are interesting. The rest are kind of you know we're seeing in a lot of drafts, but it's hard to argue against it, isn't it? Because it's it's solid. Yeah. It's flexible. You've got good price points across. You've, you've got mostly players from from top sides. I mean, you've got all your players are from top six, except for Pedence, for example. You know, what else can you say? It's, it's strong. Yeah, I, I'd rather hear uh, criticism about my team being boring than uh, my team being uh, crazy. So I don't <laughs> mind it being boring. Um, I want to kind of like explain why this might seem boring, but it's strategic. It's because... I already have a pre-plan uh, and pre-plans always change in FPL for when I do want to wildcard. And my my strategy right now is to wildcard in game week eight. So if if I'm trying to wildcard in game week eight, um, that means that I'm trying to maximize uh, my Arsenal, City, Liverpool and Chelsea assets. Um, and then I mentioned that I'm thinking about bringing in Sun. Eight to 11 is a good time to bring in Sun. Where uh, you know Liverpool have uh, I think Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, Man City, or something like that. Mm. So uh, there's a little bit of a, a strategy there. I'm not sure how it's going to pay off. And I just want to mention a little bit about Ramsdale, if you don't mind. Uh, as um, please do. So I, yeah, I, so I I broke down every keeper, right? not every keeper, but I broke down the my key keeper key list. And I don't know if this way of thinking is correct, but you have your 4.5s, you have your fives, and you have your 5.5. In the 5.5 bracket, there was Loris and um, Ederson. Loris is already out the picture, and it's Ederson. And so what I'm looking for is I'm looking for who is my best keeper option between game week one to game week seven because of my pre-plan to wildcard in game week eight. Ederson has four home games, three away games in that time. Ramsdale has four home games, three away games. Mendy, another 5.0, has three home games, four away games. And at the 4.5, you have Raya with three home games, four away games, and then Sanchez with three home games and four away games. So already Ramsdale and Ederson have one more home game versus away game. You deep dive into that and you, I, I, don't, I won't go into detail here, but uh, you know, you literally write it down like uh, kind of like this, right? <laughs> I knew you'd be a, then, man, a manual kind of FPL yeah, player, just, all on paper, love- yeah. Yeah, I like to write stuff. And then, you know, you deep dive into that and you start, sort of try to predict clean sheets here, right? And for example, I think that Ramsell has a chance to get four or five clean sheets in that time. Mendy has a chance to get five to six clean sheets in that time. So Mendy sounds better, but Chelsea is in disarray right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ederson, if you really look into it, um, yeah, yes, it's Man City, but there's also some... Th- iffy iffy games you know like West Ham away like I'm not so bullish on a clean sheet there you know Villa away you never know Spurs home um and so 4.5 I think Ramsdale has just as good of a chance to sort of match Ederson or just be a little bit behind in points but uh, again there's not going to be much of a difference uh, I think in keepers and so Raya and Sanchez if you look into the first seven game weeks I'm not so keen on on their clean sheet chances so that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards Ramsdale for now yeah I mean, I think that's an that's an excellent summary, and it's and it's kind of 
what I'm coming around to after being so bullish about about 4.5 goalkeepers. I think with with the doubts around Raya and, and Brentford, I think Raya to me looked when when the kind of preseason started. Raya to me looked the most obvious choice. A 4.5 playing for Brentford, who looks who looking quite solid. Um, you know, he was one of the top uh, performing goalkeepers in terms of minutes per points last year when he came back from injury. But I think losing Ericsson, defensive problems that they've had, defensive injuries they've had pre-season. They've had a rough pre-season as well in terms of results and, and performances. And now they've signed this new goalkeeper who, you know, by all accounts is, is absolutely excellent. So I think it, it all these things together just pushes Ray away from my thinking. But I'm looking at the other 4.5s. I mean, you're looking at Pickford. I don't trust Everton at all. Melier, I don't trust Leeds at all after losing Phillips. You're looking at Sanchez and it doesn't get much more boring than, than Sanchez because he doesn't ever really hit big, big numbers. So you're rel- you're completely reliant on bright and clean sheets. There's all these rumours about Cucurella. He's, that will massively disrupt us if he leaves. We've lost Basuma as well. Yeah. And so I agree. I think I think paying that 0.5 and, and getting Ramsdale or, or Saar is the way mm. to go. Edison's a bit too expensive for me, but one of the 5 million goalkeepers is is probably the play. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so as just on the um, the Raya note there, um, the new keeper, Strakosha, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, is sort of a longer-term um, keeper for, for, uh, for Brentford from what I've read so far. He's an excellent keeper. He could rival and, and definitely start, but I think it is Raya's place to lose. And if you remember last season... Um, when Raya went down with his injury, that's when Brentford's defense kind of mm. started to collapse. The reason being is he's very good with his feet and Brentford liked to build up from the back with with the keeper being able to sort of, you know, have the ball, uh, you know, spread the ball out um, to his defenders or even to his mid. So uh, I think it is Raya's place to lose. But as you mentioned, first game, Leicester away. I don't know about that clean sheet. Home to United. It is a home game, but it is United. Away Fulham. Maybe it's a clean sheet, but, you know, Fulham is coming up and they've got Mitrovic and Fulham, I think, is going to play lead style football where they where they're just going to be kind of attacking. And, yeah, we'll take the goals, but we'll attack. Hopefully that that's the way they play. Um, Everton home. Yes, maybe clean sheet there. Crystal Palace away. I'm not sure about that at all. Crystal Palace being so good away uh, at home um, and then, you know, lead Southampton. So it's just like not giving me confidence that he's going to get much uh, clean sheets there. Yeah, I think Strakosha is, is a really interesting one as well for, for Raya because Raya is, Raya is so important to the way Brentford play. I mean, in, in, the, in the season when Brentford got promoted, he made 300 more passes than any other goalkeeper in the championship, mm. for example. And it wasn't just the, the defence that, that suffered when he left. It was also, he's so crucial to their, their general build-up play. And so I think they had to move for a kind of a, a sweeper-keeper backup because they realised if they lose Raya, they lose uh, such a key part of of, the, of their squad. And, you know, obviously any team in the Premiership is going to be affected when their first choice keeper loses out. But a lot of them have good, able deputies. But the fact was last year they didn't. They didn't have anyone that could that could play with the ball at his feet as well as, as Raya did. So they've addressed that. I agree with you. I don't think he comes in as first choice. But when you've got two quality goalkeepers like that, a couple of mistakes for Raya in a side in which they're already struggling pre-season defensively, and and he and he could it could be out the door. It's just, it's just too bigger. It's too bigger risk. You don't you don't want to be making a goalkeeper transfer, and Brentford don't even look that good anyway. So why give yourself yeah. that that headache? Yep. Yeah. I totally look at agree. That. Look yeah. at that goalkeepers. We talked about goalkeepers for. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add on your team? We've done half an hour, so that's probably a good place to stop. I mean, obviously, 
in, in lots of videos we've talked about the likes of Diaz, Jesus, Martinelli. Um, I guess James is, is is just the final one that we can we can mention. You mentioned about Chelsea being in in disarray. Um, you've still kept faith in in James. I mean, Tuchel's basically said we don't have the defenders to play five at the back, which is a little bit of a of a concern. Is he someone that you're thinking you might lose, or is it is he just nailed on? Still? I, I think he's more nailed on. Um, I, I'm I'm not. I agree. Uh, we should look into the Tuchel's comments, but at the same time, we shouldn't read too much into it because, uh, you know, they might start the season hot. You just never know, right, with these, uh, um, you know, top three, top four teams in, in the league. So uh, James is, uh, yes, a defender, but he's part of that attack. The worry here is that if you look again in the first seven game weeks, um, you know, there's opportunities for him to play uh, the right wing back role, which we so uh, so want an FPL, but at the same time, I think he has a couple games where he'll sort of play center back and have to mark guys like Sun. Um, so th there's a little bit of positioning worry there, but at the same time, I I'm very confident that um, James is just a superb option to have and and one of those 18 pointers uh, in a system. So um, I think he's pretty much nailed in my team. I, I don't think it matters what what system Tuchel plays. I think James and Chilwell and those fullbacks are, are, are going to be a constant threat. I mean, you've got the worries that he's going to drop back to centre-back, especially if they're saying they haven't got in three kind of central defenders. That might see James there, but there isn't. they haven't got a natural right wing-back that can really do play. It'll be a kind of a, a makeshift you know, play. I mean, Azpilicueta played there last season. Hudson Adoy played there. They're not. They're nowhere near. They don't offer anywhere near as much as James offers in in that spot. So, yeah, I think it'd be it'd be nice if Chelsea signed another uh, centre back before the season starts. But I just think for six million, you know, when you compare him to the mids and the forwards, you're getting you know Reese James, you know, one of the most attacking defenders in in the game. Chelsea have still got good fixtures. You know, a lot of these. I, I do. I mean, I am worried about Tuchel's comments about Chelsea in general. But at the same time, he is trying to put pressure on the new owners to, to make more signings. So, you know, you've got to take it with a, with a bit of a pinch of salt, I think. Yeah, I think actually the, uh, the last thing, um, if you don't mind, as is just my worry is the Kane versus Holland, because if I do go for Kane, um, that means that I only have one city and I just don't like that at all. Um, so uh, I, I want to have three city if possible at all times. Um, the third one is is a question mark, right? Where do you, where do you really go? Do you go for a defender and then mm. a midfielder emerges? Do you go for a midfielder and then realize it's the wrong midfielder? Um, so, which is why I'm swaying towards Haaland. And when you look at Haaland versus Kane, um, the way you should assess it is not not so much like who's the better player, who's the more, more veteran, then it's obviously Kane, right? But, it, you know, I just view them as captaincy options, right? So I'll have Haaland, Salah, and Kane in, in sort of a line, think about when I'm going to wildcard, and then compare those fixtures and, and see where who I would captain in this game week. And and a lot of it's 50-50, right? So maybe you you make the, the bold call there to captain a differential. Uh, but as you know, as captaincy is so important in, mm. in FPL. And, and so um, it is such a such a 50-50 call between Haaland and Kane. Um, I think that Haaland could go off to an amazing start. Um, you know, him and Grealish. Grealish is also in my mind. Uh, that combination was very good. A lot will be told after this Community Shield game. Um, we'll see how how City play. I'm pretty sure it'll be Dasil, uh, uh, Bilva, you know, um, KDB and Rodri in the midfield, and then you got Grealish, Holland, and and Mara's up up top. So um, keen eyes on that. We'll see how Foden comes into the fold, and and then uh, I'll make a decision off off the Community Shield. Yep, excellent. 
Andy, great to have you back. Really looking forward to uh, burning questions again next week and to see uh, your team. I don't think your team's going to change too much, to be honest. I think it, it looks solid and, yeah, we'll, we'll both be waiting to see Perisic in the starting lineup. Uh, tomorrow night, which might actually be tonight, depending on when this video goes out. I think this video might be coming out on, on Saturday, so it might be it might be tonight. Um, so ignore ignore when we say tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. Uh, again, if you've enjoyed this video, please do like and subscribe. Like the video and subscribe to the channel. Loads of great content coming your way uh, once the season starts. And just a week to go, exactly a week to go, and we'll be back underway. Another season it never ends, does it? Never ends. Yeah, <laughs> but it we came quick. It came quick. It did. It did. It's come around so fast. We love it. I'm looking forward to it, it being back. Um, shout out to Fest as well. Um, obviously, if you haven't got your ticket yet, your time is running out to do that. It's next Friday. Doors open at four o'clock. Um, I'll be there. Mark will be there. Um, Andy sadly won't be there, but I think Praz is Praz is going, and lo there'll be lots of you know people that you know if you watch these videos, people that you recognise. And it'll just be a great, a great day, a great evening. Um, sort your ticket out. It's twenty pounds, um, but you can enjoy lots of great FPL banter ahead of the deadline. Andy, thank you so much, and we will catch up very soon. Yeah, thank you. As uh, always, a pleasure.